Hey, this is Andy Jenkins, and welcome back. In the previous episode of the podcast, I talked with you a little bit about five of the things I learned from the 75 Hard Challenge. Uh, as of the recording of this, I am still on day 61, meaning I have two weeks, two weeks left to go. Now, let me give you a rehash of what I've said. Here's what the 75 hard is. It is a 75-day challenge. It's difficult, hence the name 75 hard. Here's how it works. Seven tenets to it that I'm gonna give you. Number one is you follow a meal plan of your choice. It could be any meal plan that you wanna do. It could be keto, it could be high carb, it could be Jenny Craig, it could be a slim fast diet, it could be anything that you wanna do the key here is the discipline and the consistency. So the second tenet is no cheat days. Number three, absolutely no alcohol. Number four, this is the one that kind of gives people a monkey wrench right here. Two 45 minute workouts each day, one of which must be outside. Now, I'm gonna come back to that. I'm gonna give you a bonus lesson about the outside workout in a moment that I, I hadn't even written down. Uh, number five, you take a progress picture each day. Number six, you read 10 pages a day. It cannot be an audiobook and it does have to be nonfiction. So ideally it's something that's gonna be in the personal development space, something that's gonna increase, boost your knowledge. Number seven, you drink a gallon of water every day. So it's really, it's a physical challenge, but as I said in the previous episode, it's more of a mental challenge once you get into it than any other thing. You will be shocked how much your body adapts and moves right into it, but then how much your mind pushes against you achieving it. Uh, here is the first five lessons. Here are the first five lessons that I talked about in the previous episode. Number one, Sometimes the reasons you think you cannot do something are precisely the reasons why you should do that thing. Whether it's a business, it's a book, it's a whatever. For me, I almost didn't do the 75 hard challenge. I talked about it in the previous episode. Number two, most things in life are not all or nothing. Now, one of the tenets of the 75 hard is if you mess up any aspect of it on any day, even on day 74, day 75, if you mess up, you start all the way back over as if no progress is counted, you're back at day one. Most things in life are not like that. Lesson number three, your time is going to pass anyway. Whether or not you choose to do something with the time, is completely up to you. Number four, you cannot do most things all in one sitting. You can't do the 75 hard in one sitting. It takes 75 days, but there are aspects of it that you cannot do in one sitting. And in that one, I really talked about the gallon of water and what I learned about that and how it applies to any goal that you would set that you really have to break that thing down into manageable pieces. Number five, I talked about the gap and the gain in the messy middle. Often we get stuck in the messy middle and there's a tendency to look at how much farther you have to go and think, oh, I can't do it. So what I said is don't just look at the gap between where you are and where you wanna be. Look back at the gain, celebrate how far you've come. Now, I've got uh, lessons six, seven, eight, nine, and 10 here. Let me tell you one thing that just popped in my head as I was kind of doing the intro there. 
it, it's this aspect of all of the mental excuses that you make about the 75 hard. And it kind of lands down on that workout that has to be outside. There were multiple days where the day would start off and it would look great. <laughs> like there is no rain in the forecast. Now, if I knew there was rain that was going to be in the forecast, I'll be honest, I would get up and the first workout of the day was going to be an outside run. But there were days where the rain would sneak up. It wouldn't be in the forecast and it would just happen. Or it would be in the forecast for the previous day and then it would rain the next day or the next day and then it would rain this day. In fact, once you start paying attention to the weather, you realize you you and I have as good a shot as forecasting the weather as most weather people, uh, except for James Spann. He can tell you exactly where a hurricane or a tornado or anything like that is. But it starts becoming this mental thing. And if you've already made the decision that I'm working out regardless of the rain, then when the rain comes, you just get up and you go. And I realized about the end of the first week, I was getting hit with rain about three or four days in a row. And I actually began looking forward to it, to running in the rain, because there was a whole different, just a whole different climate outside. And I don't just mean the climate of the weather. I mean, the dog walkers aren't even out. Most drivers aren't out. There's no walkers. There's no cyclists. You're just kind of on your own. Nobody's cutting the grass. It's just, it is very quiet, even in the middle of the day when it's raining. And then, and then I found myself disappointed the next day when it actually didn't rain. And I found myself running in perfect weather. So I began seeing this whole thing is mental. And, and if you will go ahead and make a predetermined decision of what you're going to do, you will be surprised at how quickly you accelerate and bust through what would have been a wall. Because I'm telling you this, we make excuses out of out of everything. Okay, that leads me into lesson number six, which that probably could have been a subset of lesson number six. Lesson number six is you don't always, quote, feel like it. Now, I run into people all the time that say, uh, if they're doing a home-based business or if they are writing a book, uh, if they are doing an online uh, a blog or a website, they, they say, I don't feel like it. I'm just not motivated. And so a lot of times people wait for the motivation to come before they do anything. Here's what I've seen. Sometimes, in fact, I would say most of the time, the motivation to do the thing comes in the actual doing of the thing. Now, that sounds odd. I, I know. We often think we need to get motivated first, and then we can step up, we can get going, we can move and groove. I found that it was the days that I did not feel motivated at all. I did not want to get out of bed and go work out. I did not want to go for the run. In fact, I would start the workout and I would feel really sore and stiff. Those tended to be the days that I would have the best workouts. I know it makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, it, it reminded me of reading this uh, thing about C.S. Lewis. In fact, if you watch the movie Shadowlands years ago, I mean like two decades ago, that movie came out about C.S. Lewis's life. 
He is the famed author of the Chronicles of Narnia. He even said in that movie that when he didn't feel like praying, he would just kneel down and pray. It was in those times. He actually wrote this down, that somehow the supernatural kicked in, God showed up, and he most, quote, felt like it. You see, we often wait to feel it, to feel anything before we move on anything, even before we step forward into something we've already decided to do. But I've learned, again, that some of my best workouts in, in the garage gym that I, that I have here, they happen on the days that I didn't actually want to get up and get moving. And some of the days that I had the most powerful encounter sitting there reading scripture, they occurred on the days when I didn't want to actually read. So what I would do in those moments is I would, I would just kind of rationalize, okay, I don't feel like it. What else am I going to do with the next little bit of time here? Am I just going to lay in the bed awake and just kind of think, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do it. Knowing good and well that I've already decided that I'm going to do it. So eventually I'm going to get up out of bed later. No, I get up, get moving. Those days, I'm telling you, I can't explain it, but they seem to be the best days. It it works the same when I'm writing. There are days I don't feel like writing, and I do, and they end up being the most productive. Or there are days, like right now, I'm working on an app. I'm, I'm working on an app where I'm going to have a lot of my courses about soul wholeness and um, mental and emotional health and radical grace and helping people discover and find their purpose. I'm going to have some of those courses in an app with the podcast. And there are days when I don't feel like doing the creative things on that. You know, the content's already created. I'm just kind of designing how's this thing going to work and how's it going to look. The days that I just step into it and do it anyway and push forward, that's when it seems to work best. Okay? Some of the best things, they happen when we're not motivated. We show up. We step into it anyway because a lot of times the motivation to do the thing comes in the actual doing of the thing. That's lesson number six. Here's number seven is because of that, I began developing this propensity during the challenge to just do it now. So let me give you where I got that. Two workouts a day, that's a lot. Uh, Reading 10 pages a day, that's a lot when it's on top of everything else that you have going on. Drinking a gallon of water, that's a lot. After a few days, I realized that if I put anything, any of this off, I was just wasting valuable time of the other 24 hours that I had that I could actually be using to do the thing that I was going to end up doing anyway, just a few moments later down the line, because I didn't want to, you know, the longer you put off the first workout, really the longer it's going to be before you can recover and hit that second one. So I would just tell myself, there's nothing to do, but just do it. That's it. And besides, first thing in the morning, hitting the snooze button in the morning, it feels good literally just for a moment. But I found out I'm not better rested 10 or 20 minutes later 
than I was the first time the alarm went off. You might have even experienced that yourself. And there were multiple times doing this. I would hit the snooze button and then I would fall asleep and sleep through the snooze and end up end up in my sleep turning off the next snooze button and end up sleeping an hour or two later and then thinking, oh my gosh, I have busted up the day. So for me, I just developed this propensity do it now. Whatever it is, do it now. And then I started carrying that mentality to other things too. So I realized that many times I would put off a phone call. I'd push it off one day. I had written it in my day timer. Hey, reach out to this person today. And then I would just punt it to another day. Now, this wouldn't be a hard call to make. It wouldn't be anything difficult that I needed to talk about. It would just be, hey, I need to reconnect with that person, reach out, and just want to check on them. So not a difficult conversation involved. No reason mentally to put it off. It was just, I was kind of like, you know, just, hey, my headspace, I'm just kind of, it's cluttered. I'm, I'm tired. Just put it off. I discovered that I spend more time writing and rewriting my to-do list, like, inking the call or re-inking the email or rewriting the task and pushing it to the next day than it would require to just do the thing right then in the moment. So I began developing this take action now mindset. Do it now. So here's what I mean. If the task requires less time to do the task than to write it down, Uh, meaning somebody sends me an email that I can quickly reply to or somebody sends a text message and I can immediately respond. I just started doing it right then. Instead of, oh, I'm going to put it on my to-do list of something to do another time. Again, if you can do it quicker than it takes to just write it down, then go ahead and do it. Knock it off. Like don't even put it on a to-do list. Don't delegate it to another time and place, even if you're delegating it to yourself and occupying future time. I also started doing this. Okay, I've bumped into it a few times. I ask myself why I'm putting it off uh, or putting it on a to-do list, and then I evaluate if the thing actually needs to be done. So if I have something and I keep moving it from one day to the next day to the next day to the next day, I, I just realize, hey, there's no sense in postponing something that could be done now, and there's no sense in postponing something or putting it off if it could just be permanently deleted. So in my daytimer, I I still use a paper daytimer. You could probably hear it right there on the microphone. Um, It has two two two-page spreads, so four pages per day. The planning part is a left-hand side that has a running timeline. The right-hand side has space to write lists and space to write different notes that you you might have. When you turn the page, There is a place there for daily review, and on that, uh, I I review this every single day. Uh, This is going to be a brief rabbit trail, but I promise it's connected to lesson number seven, which is develop a propensity to do it now. So the daily review has, first question, three things I'm grateful for today are. So that, that helps me at the end of the week to really look back because you will be surprised how many times something amazing will happen in a day. You'll have a great workout, an incredible conversation, a serendipitous connection with someone, a whatever. Something extraordinary, but small that happens. And we just forget. And so 
I write it down, and then at the end of the week, I can kind of review and look back and go, man, these are some outstanding things that happened that I just, you know, time moves forward so quickly, you you kind of forget. So I'll write that down. Um, next question. Something I could have done better today, an area I could have improved. Right there, you get that thing, and you go, oh, you know what? I could have been less angry here. I could have stepped back and paused and listened to the other person better. I could have done this favor for that person. I could have handled the situation. I could have pushed myself a little bit harder on the workout. I could have, you know, you just fill in the blank. No shame in it. It's just, it's an opportunity for you to learn about yourself. Here's the third question. What didn't get done today that must be completed tomorrow? I noticed as I was reviewing my day each day on this, that I kept pushing off the same types of activities. And since my time was getting compressed with the 75 hard challenge, I just right there started thinking, man, I, I keep pushing off the same type of stuff every single day. I just need to develop this mindset to really say, if it requires less time to do it, than to write it down, just do it now. And if I am writing it down, I, I really need to decide why. And if I continue pushing the same stuff off, oh goodness, that's an issue. So lesson number seven, develop a propensity to just do it now. Here's lesson number eight. Lesson number eight is, let let me kind of say it and then I'll flesh it out. It's not just what you give, but it's what you get. Okay, it's not just what you give, but it's what you get. Now, I I know that sounds a little bit odd because we we start talking about, you know, givers and giving and giving. Um, But let me me kind of flesh this out because right right here I'm really talking about something that you're gaining, something that you're receiving back. The 75 hard challenge, and I would really say any exercise or personal development process – those all become more about what you get in return than what you give. You always gain more than you invest on any of those opportunities if you go all in. So I understand. I get it. We're all busy. We don't know when, where, how we would fit anything else in our schedule and in our routine. I generally wake up about 5.30 or 6 a.m. Since I've been doing this challenge, I take more time to exercise. I was getting up that early before the challenge. Exercise, then read, then write. Uh, You know, doing all of that and taking what amounts to be a two to three hour window for yourself every single day, because that's really what the 75 heart is going to require. Two workouts at 45 minutes. You've got the reading time. You have just the the other stuff. Like you got to rest and recover. And taking that three hours for yourself, it seems selfish when you've got a lot of other things and responsibilities going on. But here's what I've realized is if I don't take that time, it just evaporates. It it's not like I would use that time for something else more productive. Even though I simultaneously look at it and go, oh, the day's too busy. I don't have time to read. I don't have time to meditate or pray. I don't have time for the exercise routine. If I don't intentionally get up and do it, the time evaporates 
and I don't end up using it for anything productive. And, and I would even say rest can be productive, but that's not usually what we do with that time. I've also discovered this. What happens in that time that I'm taking for myself, it radically affects everything else and everyone else in my small world. So a lot of the things that I write emerge from that time. A lot of the insights I have to share with people that I'm helping coach or that I'm helping lead in some capacity, it all emerges from that time. Okay, and so that really leads me, lesson eight and lesson nine, or observation eight and observation nine really flow together. Observation nine is the morning routine for me sets up the entire day. Now, I talk about that really extensively in the advanced planner workshop, so I'm gonna put a link down below where you can follow that, and I'll highlight the video and the lesson where you can learn more about that. I found out that the way I begin my day, the way I start, it marks the tone for the entire day. Now, you can overcome it for sure. If you wake up wrong side of the bed, you wake up, you oversleep, something happens. I don't, I don't think you should use that as an excuse to just toss out the entire day, <laughs> even though I promise you, you start getting up at 5.30 or 6 in the morning or earlier, and you start using that time for really a productive time, even a productive time for yourself, when you sleep to 7 or 7.30, you're going to feel like the entire day is gone. It's, it's not, but looking back at this morning time, I've discovered if I don't take it, it's not like I can make it up later. Um, a few days into the 75 hard challenge, I, I missed the early workout. I actually snoozed and snoozed and snoozed and then ended up in the snoozing, turning off the alarm, probably in my sleep. I don't remember making a conscious decision to do that. And then I slept and I woke up like an hour and a half later. So I ended up making up the workout time in the middle of the afternoon. I found myself running in the heat of the day and it happened to be one of those days that is extremely humid. I, I still enjoyed it. I got out. It wasn't the same though. There is something I would say unique and powerful and unhurried about the early hours. It is this, um, for lack of a better term, there's just this preciousness to the long pause before anyone else is awake and before everything else is happening. There's no talking. I'm just alone. That mental space with that margin of time and what it offers, it is shocking. I processed more ideas. I crafted more plans without even trying during that time than any other part of the day. In fact, in my Soul Wholeness workshop, uh, I actually talk about, and I, I do this in the Soul Wholeness book as well, I talk about exercise. It fires off the parasympathetic nervous system. And it fires off what would kind of be, you think about it as your, quote, left side of the brain, the logical side. So exercise really takes you out of this emotional space and it empowers your creativity and your mind to start making all of these connections almost on autopilot. So there were uh, some struggles that I've been going through and just processing, you know, how do I need to handle this? It was weird and uncanny how my mind just would process it unhurried, 
while I'm out running. Now, intentionally, I was leaving the headphones behind and thinking, I'm just going to take this 45 minutes. Sometimes it ended up being an hour and a half or more that I would go run. I'm going to take this time and I'm just going to just be there in the stillness and in the quiet. And, And I would say this too, a lot of times the reason we put on our headphones is because we think it makes that time pass more readily. Turns out your brain processes so much faster than any kind of thing you can listen to in your headphones. And and if you'll just try it, I promise you the time passes faster without the headphones than it does with the headphones. I've, I've actually experimented with it both ways, and I would encourage you just to try it. Anyway, the mental space that all of this created and the the ability for your mind to just do things when you're not occupying it with faster moving stuff, it is crazy that when you give it the pause, how rapid your mind goes. And so because of that, what I'm saying is the morning routine, it literally set up the rest of the entire day. Okay. Lesson number 10 is this cross the goal line and keep going. Now, several people ask me along the way, have I ever thought about quitting? And the answer is yes, but surprisingly, it was never like this big decision like, oh, I'm getting so tired from the workout. I can't handle this. I'm going to stop. It was those little tiny things in the moments where, you know, we're out to eat and everybody decides, hey, I'm going to get a glass of wine. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, I might, I might like to get an old fashioned or I might like to try some of the wine. Uh, you know, and you think in the moment, like, and I realize, man, a lot of the times we have this big goal or this big dream, it's not something big that causes us to push it off. It's actually something small. You, you could trace probably a diet plan that you, that you failed on back to not just this big time where you went all in with this big meal. You just cheated once. And then after you cheated once, you're like, oh, I messed up. I'll just, oh, you throw the whole thing out. So here's kind of the mindset that I really want to develop is to cross the goal line and to keep going. Uh, You know, with about a month to go, I really started developing this is really just keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing, and think about what's next on the other side of the 75 hard. Now, I'm not going to do another 75 hard right now. I may do another one um, months down the road. In fact, I think I probably will. I've enjoyed this one so much. But but let me let me kind of frame it like this. Um, a few years ago, there was a, I, I would actually call this a pandemic, okay, or an epidemic of college football players that were dropping the ball before the goal line. So they would have this fantastic breakaway uh, run or this long, they would catch a bomb of a pass and they're running to the end zone. They start celebrating too early. They raise up their hand and with the other hand that has the ball, they drop it too early, effectively releasing the ball before they cross the goal line because they're raising their hands in celebration. This happened multiple times again. And it was back, I think it was about the 2014, 2015 college season. Just you would see it over and over and so much so like ESPN actually covered it. In fact, in in the show notes, I'll I'll put a link to where uh, it, it happened on a team that was playing against Oregon An Oregon football player picked it up and ran the ball back a hundred yards 
and everybody was just in disbelief that the ball went the other way. It went about 90 yards one way, and then in the same play, it went 100 yards for a touchdown in the exact opposite direction. Here's the deal. We do this in life all the time. We drop the ball rather than bursting through. Rather than achieving something, we just we just kind of stop, even if in a limited capacity. So if you've ever hit the weight loss goal and then stopped and then started gaining it back, you've experienced the equivalent of dropping the ball before you hit the goal line. Or if you've ever trained for the couch potato to 5K and then you've run it and then you've lost the progress, or if you've ever made massive strides in a marriage, a relationship, a parenting dilemma, in your financial health, whatever. If you've ever done that, and then hit the goal or almost hit it and then just just quit without moving forward. You know, in football, it's normal to hit the goal line and then stop. Ideally, you, you stop a few yards over the goal line, but that's normal. You don't run out the back of the end zone. But, but in life, wouldn't it make sense that once you hit the goal, you might change your pace or, or you might double down, but wouldn't it make sense to continue moving forward, to run out of the back of the end zone, to allow the momentum of the previous challenge of a 75 hard, to allow the momentum of the weight loss, to allow the momentum of completing your first book, to allow the momentum of your first breakthrough of a rank in your home business, to allow the momentum of coming out and doing your first live videos, to allow the momentum of the first date to allow the momentum of the first time reconnecting with the community of faith or going to that small group or engaging with those people in that conversation, wouldn't it make sense to allow the momentum of that to propel you not just to stop before the goal line, nor just to stop at it or a few yards after it, but to literally move through the end of of the other side of the end zone. That's lesson number 10. Let, let me repeat them all for you, okay? So this one I did lesson six, seven, eight, nine, and 10. Lesson number six is you don't always feel like it. Sometimes the motivation to do it comes in the actual doing of the thing that you're even dreading. Number seven, just develop a propensity to do it now. Don't put off something that you're going to do anyway. Just go ahead do it. You'll be glad you did. Number eight, it's not just what you give, but it's what you get. We framed that with the morning routine, which was lesson number nine of mine was the morning routine. It really sets up the entire day and you gain so much back. And once you've gained that, here's the deal. You have so much more that you can give. So much more that you could give that you wouldn't have had. You know the phrase, you can't pour from an empty cup. So load that sucker up and let it overflow. Lesson number 10, cross the goal line, keep going, move through the back end of the end zone, and continue going. That's it. Those are the lessons from 75 Hard. If you look down in the show notes, I put some links for some videos for you to watch there where you can learn a little bit more about the goal line drops that happen in college football. I've also put a link there where you can download the Advanced Planner absolutely free. 
I use a hardback version of that every single day. There's enough info in the download for you to do everything that I do to track my day, to journal some of my progress. It is an incredible tool, I think, uh, that's been created that's going to help you move from where you are to where you're designed to be. If you want to learn more about the video course, uh, it's available down there as well. And I've actually got that coming up in an app very soon where you can unlock that and start watching some of those lessons. A lot of those lessons, totally free. That's going to help you mind shift and help you move forward, I believe, in every area of life. I would encourage you to take advantage of that. As I'm signing off, let me just do like I do every single day and just pray. And the prayer this week is that the Lord would bless you. He would keep you. He would make his face a favor to shine upon you. A lot of times people say, where does that come from? It comes from Numbers 6, 24 through 26. And then I always just add what I feel led to add to that. So for this week, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face a favor to shine upon you. And may you, even if you don't have the motivation to do it now, may you believe deep inside that the grace of God not only saves you from the sins, the hurts, the habits, and the hangups of the past, but as Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says, that that grace also empowers you to move forward, to do the grand works that God has planned before time began that you would walk in. May you awaken to that purpose that is loaded inside of you. Until next time, grace, peace. I'll see you again soon.